chapter 7, Revelation chapter number 7. We're going to study through the book of the Revelation right to see this morning. So, Revelation chapter number 7. Also, I want to continue to mention that we are audio recording the message that Jeff has to go to. If you want a CD, that is information made available to Rodney, my friend, who does take care of you on that. But also, I'm taking the audio from our sermons on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and place them on a podcast. You can listen online to our website, or you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and listen to them. A lot of people like to go through and listen to it again, as well as sharing it on Facebook and just continually getting the uh, message out there. We appreciate that. In fact, there are some very people that listen this morning that listen by internet. And so we're just so glad that they're here with us this morning. So we're glad to be encouraged and greatly encouraged by that. So that's what it's going to take is to get to get the word of God out there. Okay, it's a promise to us that it will not return void. And so let's get it out there and, and realize that wonderful promise. Revelation chapter number seven. We'll begin reading in verse number one. I'm not going to read the entire chapter. We'll read uh, probably down to verse number three, and then we'll get right into the message. The Bible says, and after these things, uh, the things that he's talking about is the opening of the six seals. We know in chapter number six, the initiation of the seven-year tribulation period came forth with the four riders, the four horsemen, the apocalypse, as well as the other seals, and the seventh seal will come in the next chapter, chapter number eight. It says, after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So what I'd like to talk about this morning, the subject of my message is... The Great Revival of Revelation. The Great Revival of the Book of the Revelation. The Revelation chapter number 7 actually records one of the greatest revivals in all of the entire human history. Here we have the filling of the remnant of Israel, 144,000 Israelites that are sealed, that will be fireball evangelists during the tribulation period, that will be evangelists, if you will, be missionaries, and through their message, we'll have the vision that John has in verses 9 through 17 of a great multitude of people that John says no man could number. And so imagine that right here in the midst of the tribulation period, one of the greatest revivals that has ever taken place in all of human history. Let's back up a minute and give you a little introduction to chapter 7. Chapter 7 is the first of many what we call parenthetical passages in the book of the Revelation. They reveal a more elaborate explanation or more details. It expands on a certain area and gives a little more insight to what transpires. And in this first parenthetical parentheses in chapter number 7 is the uh, intermission between the fifth seal and the sixth seal. And so in between those, we know the fifth seal deals with the martyred 
remnant of those that will be martyred for the faith during the tribulation period. And so what chapter 7 does is before we get to the sixth seal, in between uh, chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, we have the expansion, the elaboration, the parenthetical passages that elaborate more on those martyrs for the faith. And so that happens right there between the fifth and the sixth seal. There are, and of course we know the number seven is significant in the book of the Revelation, so how many parenthetical or parentheses is found through the book of the Revelation? Well, you guessed it, seven. Seven is the number of completion. So this chapter records the greatest revival in all of human history. This will be the world's greatest gathering of souls, the greatest harvest time. Now this answers a question that a lot of people have. And the question is, will individuals be saved during the tribulation period? And the answer to that is an emphatic yes. Yes, they absolutely will. Now, we need to differentiate between those who are saved. The Bible says we've got to make a distinction between the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God. So who are those who are being saved during this time? Let me be very clear. These are people who have never heard the gospel message prior to this. It's the first time they've heard it. Now, if you've heard the gospel, if you live in America, I'm pretty sure you've heard the gospel. You'll not be given another opportunity to be saved after the rapture takes place. You will believe the strong delusion that God will send a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. But these are those who are saved who have never heard the gospel to be evangelized during the tribulation period because there's 144,000. Uh, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel that will be fireballed, blazing evangelists that will preach the gospel and they'll be gloriously saved hearing that wonderful message. Let me also mention that these are martyred Christians. And so, different different economy in the, in the tribulation period. If you live uh, during that period and never heard the gospel, you will have to endure to the end. You have to reject the mark of the beast being 666. And you will have to reject the mark and endure to the end and be a martyr for the faith and reject the Antichrist and be persecuted by the Antichrist and those who follow him in order uh, to be saved. All right? they, will, they, will, they will be martyr for the faith. There will be 144,000 sealed, saved Israelites and then a great multitude of innumerable, that cannot be numbered, Gentiles saved as a result. Let's look at two things this chapter deals with. The first thing I want you to notice is the sealed Jews. And number two, the saved Gentiles. Let's look at the sealed Jews. Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Now you notice here, a couple things I want to point out. Number one, who are these angels that are mentioned that are talking about being in the four corners of the earth? And what will they do? Of course, this other angel that will come forth in verse number 2 and tell them to hold all that they'll be considered saved, which is my first point that I want to point out. These angels that are on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, have a, a plan. And their objective is that these angels are instructed to withhold hurt from the earth and from the sea until when? Until the 144,000 are sealed and the reason for that, that they may, they may be sealed and they may be saved from the trumpet judgments and the locusts that will come later, as we'll see as we go on in the message. 
Now notice here the biblical numerology. In the Bible, numbers mean something. They are significant. We have the number seven. It is the number of completion in the book of the Revelation and in the Word of God. But we have the number four. The number four is the earth number. So when you think about four, think about the earth. We always think about, to help me remember that, is to think about a compass. A compass has four main points, north, south, east, and west, but it is the number of the earth. So we know that the focus is focusing in on the earth. Winds, as we're talking about the four winds of the earth, speak of danger and disaster. Stopping the winds implies a lull before the storm, the quiet before the storm. See, God uses the, what, the forces of nature to judge mankind. We've seen that in the sixth seal with the earthquake, the sun darkened black as sackcloth, the moon turned as a blood clot in the sky, and, and it was uh, turned as blood. We see stars and meteorites and so forth falling from heaven. We have also in that, we have the, um, the other things that are mentioned as far as that goes is the, the sea. And, and then they go and hide in the mountains. So you see all those many examples of those things that are caught up in. So number one, these people, these angels, have an agenda. And their agenda is to keep, to hold off those four winds, to hold off that judgment until they have sealed, given the seal of the living God. And in verse number three, it says, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have done what? Until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. That's the first thing you've got to understand. Number two is about these saved Jews. Are these select- they are selected. They are selected. Not only are they saved, but number two, they are selected. There will be a hundred, a, a comprised 144,000 Israelites. Now this is a a great example of when in the book of the Revelation, when we are to take the Bible literally at face value for what it means. <laughs> you say, preacher, what is the significance of 144,000? Well, there'll be 144,000. It's a literal number. They'll be sealed with the seal of God in their forehead. So we have the old adage, if the Bible makes sense, seek no other sense, lest it become nonsense. So we take that Literally, it's not figuratively, but it means simply that God will seal 144,000 Israelites, the Hebrews. Alright? Now notice this is 12,000 Jews selected from the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the literal seed of Abraham. Now, if you go back to the, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, didn't God promise Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that from Jacob, that his name was changed to Israel and and from Israel, we have the 12 tribes of Israel. And so here, as you read verses uh, 4 through 8, it says, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000. Now notice what it says. Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. That is significant. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Verse 6. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manassas were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. 
Of the tribes of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. So we know 12,000 literal selected Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel, which is really an answer to prophecy itself. God promised that Abraham a seed, and here we see it in culmination in the book of Revelation. Notice that the 144,000 will be Jews. Let me remind you that when you get in biblical prophecy, that when you're in the book of the Revelation, remember God, we think God is, and God has blessed America. This is a, a, a nation that's been founded on Judeo, Judeo-Christian values. Okay, we're, we're a even though we've, we've strayed away from a lot of the Christian values today, we were founded on religious freedom. We are, uh, you know, we could get to the point we're not a Christian nation. We think God's focus is here. But notice in the book of the Revelation, if you want to know about Bible prophecy and you want to know about the future, you don't watch America, you watch the Middle East. And specifically, you watch Israel. God's chosen people, the Hebrew, the Israelite, the apple of his own eye, the one he said, I have loved thee with the everlasting love. These will be 144,000 Jews, not Gentiles. So, folks, if someone knocks on your door, and you've had them, and I've had them, I'm sure, and they tell you they're a part of the 144,000, you need to ask them two biblical questions to see if they're a part. Because it's always amazing to me that any time they knock on your door, they're for sure going to be part of the 144,000, right? You've got to ask them two questions. Number one, are you a full-blooded Jew? Number one. And number two, what tribe do you belong to? Hello. That's what the Bible says. No, I'm not part of the 144,000 because I'm not a Jew. And I don't know anybody in here. If you are, let me know after the, if you're a full-blooded Jew. Uh, here is this morning. I want you to let me know after the service. If not, you're a Gentile. So you're not part of 144,000. In fact, we done left this place back in chapter 4 anyway. Praise God. I'm not, I won't be around during that time, and neither will you. You say, I don't believe in that. Well, you'll still be gone anyway. Amen. All right, so we'll, we'll get over it. All right, 144,000. So if somebody knocks on your door and tells you you're the part of the 100, you've got to ask them, are you a Jew? And number two, what tribe do you belong to? Are you of the tribe of Gad? Are you the tribe of Nephilim? Are you the tribe of, uh, of uh, Simeon? And if they can't tell you, I'm going to tell you something else. To go a step further with that, and I'm quoting from Mark, and he says, And though they uh, may be lost, now he's talking about the, their genealogical books and records, so as not to be able to trace their tribal descent. Now you've got to realize that Israel... <coughs> in their history, was split in the Civil War after you had David, then you had Saul, you had David, you had Solomon, then the kingdom split, and then later on they were taken into 70 years of Babylonian and then Assyrian captivity. So their genealogical record books have been destroyed and so not able to trace their tribal descent. But I'm going to tell you something. God knows who they are. And in that day, the angels with omniscient precision will seal them according to their tribes, 12,000 from each tribe, Clarence Walker. Also, I want to read another quote by words that says, The genealogical records have all been destroyed. 
Now, God may have done that on purpose. Okay? Been all destroyed the Assyrians and lost is no problem with God because He knows His people and He knows His whereabouts. Folks, God keeps good records. Good records. So we see, number one, about the sealed Jews, they'll be saved. Number two, they will be selected. Number three, just very briefly, I want to show you a little symbolism. And I want to see their sealing. Symbolism. What is 144,000? 144,000 is 12 times 1. Now, let's, let's, let's travel that a little bit. Number 4 is the earth number, north, south, east, and west. What is the number 3? The number 3 is the divine number, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the divine number, the Trinity. So we take 4 times 3 or 3 times 4, and we get 1. We get 12. So the number 12 in biblical numerology represents the coming together of heaven and earth, which is the governmental number. It is the rule of God on earth. Earth four, and then three. Four times three is twelve. We have the heaven and earth, God's rule upon the earth. We have twelve patriarchs in the Old Testament. We have twelve apostles in the New Testament. God has, uh, no one, God has uh, he's, he's taken his government what he has done is he has intensified. So I just want to mention that. The next thing about these Jews that's very important we must realize is they are sealed. Notice it uses two, two things, a sentence and then a, and then a phrase. He talks about the seal of the living God. What is that? I'm not absolutely sure, to be honest with you. The seal of the living God. Number two, it says that they'll be sealed, the servants uh, of our God, in their foreheads. Now, what does that remind you of? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. This is a different seal. What is a seal to begin with? A seal in our day is an indication of ownership and protection. Uh, in biblical times, a seal stood for three things. Number one, possession. Number two, protection. And number three, preservation. So this seal will do what? It will protect these chosen Jews from the judgment that will hurt not the earth, will hurt the earth and the sea. Now, why are they being protected in the first place? The reason they're being protected to fulfill their purpose, to fulfill their purpose of being God's remnant. God always has a group, a remnant. God's remnant, that they are, number one, they are saved and they are sealed in order that they may serve. And their service will be this. These will be those who represent the government of God on the earth here, and what will they do? They will preach the gospel. Now, the Bible doesn't exactly say that, okay? That they're going to preach and they're going to be a witness. But the reason that it seems to be a logical sequence is because you have the feeling that they will be the people of God because they have the seal of God on their forehead, so we know they are of God, they are protected. And then what happens is, right after that, John said, I did send an innumerable multitude of people that no man no man could number going to heaven. Well, how do you get to heaven? There ain't nobody, well, no other way, uh, no other mediator between God and man but the man Christ Jesus. you got to be saved. you got to be washed in His blood. So we can, that, that seems to just make logical sense. So preach the gospel, be a witness, they will be evangelists. They will be protected from several things. If, if you were to turn over a chapter, you read chapter 8, we'll be in view next week. 
You'll notice they're protected from those four trumpets, which is the judgment of God, because it has, it has seven seals, and it has seven trumpets, and it has seven vials, and it has seven woes that are coming right after this. They'll be protected from those locusts that are let out of the bottomless pit and will afflict men with pain, where death will flee from them, and they will not be able to die during that time. And so we see that their seal, that the 144,000 will receive a seal with what? Their father's name will be their seal. How do I know that? Well, if you just look ahead in Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 1, the Bible says, John says, I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, there they are again, having his father's name written in their forehead. Now, I will say this. I'm not sure if this will be a literal mark. I don't know. It doesn't say. Or whether it will be in their mind. But I will say this. Whatever it is, and I don't have to know what it is, but I do realize this. Whatever it's going to be, it would have to be an identifiable mark. It would have to be an identifiable mark. That it would tell you this person is for God. Because in the tribulation period, boy, if you're talking about getting to where the rubber meets the road, you're either for God and you're still with God, and you're with God or you're with the Antichrist. There ain't no in-between. Hey, it's the same thing today. Hey, you're God's child or you're a child of the devil. And it's just as simple as that. And you say, I don't like that. Ain't no difference to me. The facts are the facts are the facts are the facts. All right? You're either a child of God, you're either saved or you're lost. You're either on your way to heaven and you're on your way to hell. There is no in-between. There is no motel between here and there. No purgatory. No stops. No nothing like that. So this is in uh, direct contrast with the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast will be an identifiable mark of the number 666, whether that's literal, whether it's a microchip, whether it's whatever. But it'll, it's going to come out. <laughs> who's the weak, who's the tail? I'll tell you that right now. The Bible says something else about that mark of the beast in Revelation chapter 14, verse number 11. It says, And the smoke of their torment, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Once a person takes the mark of the beast, that's it. There is no other sealed your doom. It's also mentioned in the first vial in Revelation chapter 16. The first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. There fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast upon them that worshipped his his image. Notice something about Satan. Satan has a number, 666. But God has a name. You see the difference? To God, you have a name. His name. The Father's name. You're identified by your Father. But when all Satan, he don't care about you, just a number. Six, six, six. Just a number. He don't care about you. Let's look at the second thing. The saved Gentiles. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says, And this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Now listen, of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white, white robes and palms in their hands. Cry with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sat upon the throne, and to the Lamb. Let's stop right there. Number one, there's a couple things I want you to notice about these. Number one, they, they are people who have been reached. They've been reached. They've been reached through the gospel witness of the 144,000. 
hoped millions upon possibly billions during this time come to Christ. There's a lot of things that transpired. Look at it from their perspective. You've had the rapture of the church in Revelation chapter number 4. You have, you have people who have unmanned vehicles. They have unmanned homes and houses and planes and boats. And there's millions of people that have automatically and very quickly in the twinkling of eye have vanished upon the face of the earth. That's going to... That's going to get people's attention, whether you like to admit it or not. It's going to get your attention. Millions of people missing. Hey, uh, you look over here in the field, one's missing. One's here. You're in a home. One, the husband's saved. The wife's lost. One's missing. Children are saved. The parents are not saved. Children are gone. That's quite, that's quite a stir. Get a lot of attention. And so it's, you see... These Gentiles see those sealed 144,000 people that are protected and, and have the seal of God. That is going to get their attention. Those who have never heard the gospel will see the touch of God on them, those people. John, there's going to be possibly billions that come to Christ. John said, a great multitude which no man can number. So notice that they're not, they're not Jews, not the 144,000 have to be Jews, but of these, he says, they're from all nations, all kindreds, all people, and all tongues. Goes back to Revelation chapter five, verse number nine. They were all around the throne room of God. They sung a new song, saying, "Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every tongue and people and nation." Not just going to be white people there. Not going to be black people there. Not going to be just Americans there. No, all nations, all kindreds. Gospel is for everyone. For everybody. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all perfect in the same. The reach. Number two, the around the throne. Now, what does that tell us? There's only one way to get around the throne. That's to be saved. It says in verse number nine, they stood around the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. The around the throne shows us that they're saved. They have palms in their hands. We think about that's symbolism of joy. We have the angels praising in verses 11 and 12. They're saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The angels are praising. And by the way, if you're today, and you get saved, the Bible says there are there is rejoicing in the presence of angels. And notice they didn't say the angels were rejoicing. They don't know about salvation. They don't understand about salvation. They've never had to be redeemed like you and I have to be redeemed. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. You say, who, who's rejoicing? I believe it's those people that already went before them. That blood-washed throng. Not one of them. One more person has got him. The angels praise him. The next thing is, what do they represent? Who is this innumerable multitude around the throne? Don't feel bad. Even John the Apostle in his revelation didn't even realize who they were. But they re represent one thing. Do not. Get, don't mistake this. These are not pre-rapture uh, pre saints. Not people saved during the, uh, right now, the church age. They're, they're already taken care of. They're already in heaven. Okay? John's already up there. Twenty and four elders that represent all the saved in mankind. Let's not talk about those. It's, it represents the tribulation Saints that will be marked. There's going to be one way out of the tribulation period, and it will be by a guillotine, by death. 
Look it up, put it right back down, preach and pray for them. Look over the congregation, Christians are praying. 